Namaste. Today I have a wonderful guest from Nepal, Tejendra. Uh, Tejendra, namaste to you. Namaste, Rajivji. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got in touch with me, and then we get started with important issues on India, Nepal, China issues. Thank you, thank you, Rajivji. Uh, I am Tejendra. Tejendra is based in Kathmandu. I am uh, working in uh, working in water resource sector for more than a decade. Uh, because of water resource, uh, my background uh, in, on the water resources, you know, obviously India, uh, Nepal, and China gets connected. Uh, connected, and also I have some background on political science. This, these all factors uh, pulled me into keep a close eye on China, Nepal, and India triangle. Uh, what I'm going to do is go through a series of uh, topics in sequence. So first, I'm going to ask uh, Tejendraji to tell us about the Hindu monarchy in Nepal and why it uh, why it uh, fell, uh, why that one Hindu kingdom in the world is no longer a Hindu kingdom, became a Maoist kingdom, uh, what happened, uh, what could have India done, why it didn't do it. So that's the first uh, topic. And then I'm just going through all the whole the flow. And then I'll talk about uh, during the recent Modi government, how is his, how do Nepalis see whether Modi's helped them, not helped them, what is the relationship like? I think it, it's an important point to know. Then I will talk about uh, U.S. has initiated something called the Indo-Pacific Strategy, and Nepal is part of that. And they have a uh, they have a program for Nepal where they've given a lot of money. I think five hundred million dollars for development and so forth. And ask him a little bit about that. And this is to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative (BRI), which is going through Pakistan already, and they want to uh, have uh, take over Nepal also and do all kind of infrastructure in the name of infrastructure. They want to get in. Uh, so with that, once we have that background, then we talk about, you know, Gurkhas and uh, what, are, uh, what are the possibilities, what might China be doing, uh, what India should know about. So this way we will get the topic going. Uh, the Hindu kingdom. Uh, India, the Hindus are very proud that we have one kingdom in the world, which is Hindu kingdom. So, but that is no longer the case. What happened? Okay, we have to we have to go to the go back to the Maoist insurgency and the West West agenda uh, regarding toppling the uh, only monarchy, only Hindu kingdom of the Nepal. So uh, I, I I would like to quote something that uh, British ambassador then British British uh, ambassador uh, Andrew Sparks in December 2014 he he wrote and appeared in a local newspaper. And I would like to quote only two, two things. Uh, he, he wrote that, we hope that the constitution will enshrine equality for all without discrimination based on gender, sexual orientation, caste, ethnicity, religion, or language with a particular focus on uh, ensuring enjoyment of the rights by the most marginalized in society such as Dalit. And the second thing I would like to quote here is that, uh, he wrote, we encourage you to ensure that the right to change religion is protected you know uh, the the western the western world uh, was so much interested uh, to topple the monarchy simply because they thought that it, it was the enemy it was the only enemy to establish their christian agenda here in nepal therefore they have uh, invested so much in the in the name of insurgency human rights uh, and so forth you know, the Maoist insurgency that was started in 1996, uh, 1996 was at full focus on uh, 
destroying the Hindu deities, Hindu religions, Sanskrit education. Uh, they, 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 have, they, they, were, they, were, they used to torture the uh, Brahmins, Khatris. Uh, you know, there were a 12 point agreement, a famous 12 point agreement that happened in, in New Delhi in 2005. Uh, 2005, uh, Maoist and the political, seven political parties, they struck a deal. Uh, it contains 12 points, and there was a there was a point, you know, specifically regarding the monarchy. The, this agreement says that, said that uh, it wanted to end the autocratic monarchy, not the abolition of the monarchy from the kingdom. Later on, with you know, with so much doing by by, by the Indian then ambassador Sam Saran, who took the initiative to convince West and uh, West and America, you know. Uh, they work together. They work together, and with a uh, with, with a uh, restored parliament, they through a, through a declaration they ended the monarchy and all and everything. So uh, one has this. I mean to say is that the whole process of abolition of the monarchy was not valid. It was not uh, the people's vote. Also, what I would like to stress upon is is, is that. The main party, the kingdom was the, the monarchy was one of the most important part of the whole process, but it was kept aside, and the Maoist and the seven political parties uh, they, they struck the deal, and monarchy was kept out of kept, kept out of, of the whole process. This is why this is not the uh, wish of the people, and it was uh, all imposed, and uh, they used their muscles and money. Uh, to do all this happen. So what Tejendra said is that the agenda, of, which was openly declared by the by the British ambassador at that time, very clearly the agenda has been that uh, the the uh, in the name of human rights, they always talk about human rights. They want equality and fairness, and they want to support Dalits and freedom of religion and all that. So the words sound like very nice, liberal you know, kind of a discussion, but basically it is an anti-Hindu. It is basically to bring conversion. They want to convert. They want to help the Christians, uh, Christian missionaries who are very active in, in Nepal. And so this is the first point you have to understand. Second point you have to understand is that the Hindu, Hindu monarchy comes in the way. The Hindu monarchy is the is the one thing they have to get rid of. Exactly like getting rid of rajas in India or getting, you know, putting them aside, putting them on an elephant and saying, we give you gun salute, but, you know, we run the show. That kind of a thing they wanted. So the uh, the foolish thing is this is this is during Manmohan Singh's time when he when this meeting was held in in, in uh, Delhi. This resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in Manmohan Singh's time, which means in, really for for practical purposes, Sonia Gandhi's time, uh, there is a meeting in Delhi where a resolution, 12, 12 point resolution, is passed where Maoists are brought along with seven political parties of Nepal in Delhi. To pass this resolution that they're going to uh, get rid of the monarchy and it's an abusive monarchy and they, they really slander the monarchy in that resolution. And the point that Tejinder is making is that the monarchy was not a party to the discussion. I mean, normally you would bring that, okay, if you want to have a negotiated settlement, like in many, many parts of the world where, you know, monarchy has, their, their status has been reduced, they're not been abolished. Like in England, like in some of the Scandinavian countries, like in Bhutan, many many parts of the world, you don't abolish the monarchy. You just reduce their 
clout and bring in a democratically elected more more parliamentary powers so rather than doing a negotiated settlement with respect to the monarchy uh, they basically did not even include the monarchy in this discussion and they abused it and so this is a very big insult to the hindu dharma and to the monarchy and this and so i want to add this tejender uh, my experience has been that when christians come they often align with the maoists to do the dirty work the maoists do the yeah. the maoists go around beating up people and doing all these dirty work and the maoists think that this is this is why the leftists are very stupid the leftists think that they're going to create a, a a kind of a communist state but actually what they are doing is they are they are dismantling the hindu establishment and making way for islamic and christian groups to come in and take over so the christian groups Uh, used the maoists to do all this work this maoist revolution was something that uh, served their purpose because it's like your enemy's enemy is your friend so yeah. if your <laughs> if, if, if your enemy is the hindu king uh, his enemy are the maoists they are your friend they can help one enemy versus the other enemy uh, the so they, so let's kill one enemy at a time so we'll use enemy number 2 to kill enemy number 1 and then we one guy is gone so this is how they use maoists to get rid of the hindu kingdom and and so i have written breaking india uh, tejender is telling us about breaking nepal this is what is going so then next question is tejender yeah. yeah. when Ma, when modi comes and he comes with this hindu uh, hindu agenda they say so what has happened in the modi time as far as nepal goes yeah modi when the, the constitution is to be promulgated uh, modi sent his special envoy uh, mr jay shankar he was the foreign secretary then he came here and uh, i guess there were some 9 19 points of disagreement of india and the particular constitution uh, he came here but uh, nothing could happen uh, I, i would like to tell you one thing is that why that happened is uh, before modi time uh, the west used indians uh, indian congress they, they, and left they were the partners you know in some forms and uh, they are managing uh, nepal through delhi when modi came in power you know modi failed to establish a reliable partners here in nepal and when he tries something when he sent his uh, envoy here in kathmandu uh, media did the damage you know the media writing this that and uh, so many rubbish thing So, so that India Modi uh, goes into defensive positions and he could do nothing. He, uh, I, I would say, he is now uh, in case of Nepal is rollessness. He has no role. Uh, he is in defensive position. Uh, you know the you know the power of the left liberal media. Basically, the mainstream media around the globe is like that. So it is playing its its part, and there is so much red hearing. You know, uh, it's so evident that. there are so many issues coming here and there and so that the people got confused they are managing the mind of people through media uh, also the majority of the people uh, uh, could not get, get this uh, and and when uh, when nepal promulgated the constitution india you know there was a blockade by india uh, the, uh, the inside some some people say that the, the, the the blockade was not uh, because of modi you know at that time there used to be uh, many you know there are, i guess uh, 20 25000 people there marching there demanding 
you know, they are, they, are, they, are, they are exhibiting jealous, demanding the Hindu kingdom and something like this. And the, the, this was not uh, liked by the, the Western, Western forces and the Indian, Indian liberal and left factions. They didn't like this. And uh, the, basically, the, the, that, that, that all resulted in the blockade and that made Modi so unpopular in Nepal. Still, Modi is so unpopular. Whatever he does, people does not go in the essence of, of the things. They take it very negatively. And uh, as, I, as I already said, the position of India uh, as far as restoring or anything uh, regarding Hindu kingdom, his his role less. Okay, so let me summarize what, because I've had other offline discussions with, uh, with Tejendra Ji also. The previous government, the Congress government, had their allies and links in Nepal, political and media. So it was commonly known that Nepal is managed from Delhi, because uh, meaning that they are the boss, and uh, Congress in Delhi is the boss, and uh, they, they have their ally, their branch office Congress in Nepal. And uh, so the, the Delhi Congress and the Nepal Congress, they are sort of aligned, and the Delhi is calling the shots, the big brother, so to speak. So when, but BJP had no such affiliate. Yeah. BJP didn't have any affiliate. So when uh, when Congress left Delhi, lost in Delhi, and BJP took over, and the Jay Shankar was sent, the, you know, to do all this, to to uh, work on India's behalf in Nepal. But there was no alliance possible because there's nobody in Nepal, no political force in Nepal that we could link with at that time that had any power. Yeah. Maybe some small force, but not something important. So the yeah. BJP didn't, didn't build. A Nepal version of their BJP. They didn't build a Nepal Hindu Congress or something like that. They didn't create that uh, from the ground up. You need to create that. I mean, you need to do what shakhas. You need to have shakhas. You need to create a whole ecosystem from the ground up at the village level. So that wasn't done, and you cannot just send uh, Jay Shankar and cut some deals that will be favorable to you because there is no grassroots support. So what Tejinder is saying is that. This was not, uh, this didn't work. The, the BJP attempt, the Modi attempt to have its connection with Nepal didn't work. So he, he keeps using, even in his notes that he mailed to me, he keeps using the word role less, role less, no role, means no role. So Modi is role less. Modi has no role. He has no standing. He, he's not anywhere in the Nepal discourse, political discourse, power structure. He's non-existent. He's sort of, there's a total Modi vacuum in Nepal. So uh, added to this is another dimension, which is that there was also an economic blockade that India had on Nepal. Why did that happen? Tell us, because that bothered me. That always bothered me. Why, if Nepal is in turmoil and you want them as your friend and ally, they've been for thousands of years, why would you have an economic blockade? What was the, what was the story behind that? It seemed that Modi didn't have the full control over, over his... Uh, bureaucracy, uh, over his intelligence and, uh, and other, other things. This is why the blockade went for so long. This was a blockade from India's side? Yes, yes. And so, so what you are saying is that even when Modi is in power, he did not, it was some IAS guys and bureaucrats doing all this blockade. And you are saying that Modi did not, Modi and Jay Shankar did not have enough control or did not want to have enough control over Indian government's own actions. Yes, I, I am saying this because one of the one of the guy, one of the insider uh, shared the information with me that um, uh, Prime Minister Prime Minister Oli uh, he invited a group of experts, you know, uh, 
experts and uh, suddenly he got uh, our foreign minister was in india he was negotiating with sushma swaraj uh, and uh, almost uh, one and a half hour our prime minister had uh, telephonic conversation with uh, with with our foreign minister destin uh, he was at that time in delhi and after the phone call our prime minister was in a jolly uh, mood you know the 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 blockade is going to end very soon but that did not happen and you know many times our politicians our bureaucrats tried but that did not happen but uh, the ultimately our military came into the scene through his, through its own channel uh, it 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 uh, it contacted the indian indian army and then the, the, this military diplomacy worked and the blockade was opened so this is very interesting for the viewers so modi comes in power jay shankar is sent but fails in nepal because we don't have a supporting ally there with political clout uh, but meanwhile a economic blockade against nepal starts and you know india india is sort of uh, being a tough muscle putting tough muscle power thinking that they'll fix nepal with some uh, you know they'll set them right because some of the Uh, uh, some of the social media discussions at that time, I remember, and some of the media discussions were, "Oh, they deserve it," and all that. You know, it's like, like we show them, teach them a lesson, but look how what it turned out. So, so even when the foreign minister having a nice, happy, friendly conversation with Sushma Swaraj in Delhi, even then, after nice conversation also with good assurances, uh, the blockade could not get lifted. So there was a there was a double talk from India. The foreign minister saying nice things. Uh, uh, and, and, and you know the uh, the the actual reality on the ground is the blockade continues. So then, what he's saying is that the Nepal army had to work with their friends in the Indian army and use army-to-army -army diplomacy to get the blockade lifted. So this is this is uh, mystery still. I haven't figured out what who in India did all this and whether they are being held accountable. There should be some kind of an inquiry. Why the heck they did all this? You know, to to a country like Nepal. Rather than going the opposite, instead of a blockade, they should have said Nepal is vulnerable. We ought to be helping them. They have just got rid of their their, their monarchy. They put in a constitution. Maoists are in power. Missionaries are in power. They are in flux. They are up for grabs. Power is up for grabs. There is going to be a power vacuum and confusion. And we ought to be present. We ought to be actually giving them help. We ought to show that we are really good guys. We are going to send uh, you know all kinds of help to them. Rather than doing that, they put economic blockade. So, did the economic blockade create a opportunity for China? You know, the very small school-going children, kindergarten children, are also uh, also knows that the fact that uh, Modi Modi did wrong to us. You know, the, the kids are not going to forget this very very easily. You know, before the right before when Modi got elected, he came here and he gave the very nice speech in our parliament. And he was well appreciated, you know. He was well appreciated, and people were standing on the street and cheering him. But when that blockade happened, uh, still people are not uh, not okay. They are not going to accept Modi until and unless he he does something good to Nepal. There are so many things, so many issues, outstanding issues, and uh, in the, it is it is it is said that. Uh, there are so many micromanagement by india india does if anything wrong happens here in nepal it is because of india so 
obviously uh, china is going to going to get benefited from this as well if there is this is like open secret but what chinese generally do is that they do silent people does not know if anything comes against china in the media you know i guess some some time ago some months ago there was a cartoon there was a cartoon depicting mao mao the great leader of mao and chinese mbc here is here in nepal they objected they wrote a letter to the media house and finally the i don't know whether the editor in chief got dismissed or he resigned i don't know but he he he, he left the job so the situation is uh, uh, very different here in nepal after after the blockade as well what you're saying is the blockade completely ruined the reputation of modi and, uh, and so the congress indian congress is out they had their connections and bjp is in but they ruined their reputation because of the blockade and what you're saying is even every child knows that uh, modi is the bad guy and the whole indian government is considered bad guy and whenever something negative happens they blame it on india and meanwhile china china is being protected by the pub, the public opinion the public media opinion and the public opinion of china is getting very strong and in fact if there is a cartoon or some little thing against china the editor has to leave whether he resigned or kicked out doesn't matter but the point is it sets the it sends the message that nobody yeah. in the media better do this because if you do it yeah. look what happened to the another guy we got he's out now so the chinese are very strong so now before we come to china usa has the indo pacific strategy ips uh, under the indo pacific strategy they've given nepal is also part of this and they've given nepal 500 million dollars to aid of aid and they for infrastructure development and so on and this is to counter the chinese chinese have this belt and road initiative bri which has got billions tens of billions of dollars uh, invest for investment in pakistan they've got tens of billions of dollars invested there to have access to pakistan and they've almost like they've rented pakistan pakistan is a uh, pakistan is for rent <laughs> you know pakistan is pakistan is rented their country to china and through myanmar and they are rented from ports in uh, uh, sri lanka and uh, you know maldives and all these places they're trying you know so so now nepal is part of the chinese bri the belt and road initiative and us wants to counter it with this uh, initiative of the indo pacific strategy so i want to know i want you to know uh, i want you to tell us uh, the the us strategy is public and open it's a well it's a well known thing you know the, this whole uh, thing that uh, has happened with the indo pacific strategy and the nepal part of it uh, what is china doing what is china up to they have confucian institutes uh, 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 they, i'm told that uh, china, mandarin language has become very popular they're teaching it they're funding uh, training uh, and the idea of uh, chinese greatness and history and good public relations the chinese ambassador Uh, the lady there i'm told she's very smart yeah. and she, she's very connected and she's all over the place and they're funding yeah. these uh, and they're funding these uh, uh, ngos a lot so mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about china's intrusion into nepal uh, uh, that that as you see it main thing is that uh, the the public's uh, good ways you know good faith in china you know people people basically do not buy if anything wrong about china is 
it comes it comes in their mind or is public in a in comes in public sphere they are not ready to buy you know there are uh, last few months ago there was a report that china had enclosed uh, nepali border in more than seven eight times uh, uh, the, the 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 reporter who reported this you know he was suspended he was suspended and uh, i guess couple of days ago he died mysteriously and uh, he was he was swept away by a river plus you know there are so many chinese projects as well in nepal uh, they are they are in they are in river sector they are in hydro sector they are in you know road construction uh, sector they are they are in so many sectors as far as the public is concerned the 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 reputation the brand value of india has come down dramatically from what it used to be when it was a hindu kingdom and the brand value of china has gone up so now if you criticize china you are going to be in trouble nobody will believe you uh, china is seen as sort of a good guy they helping us is that is that what you say yeah yeah exactly in the in the mahabharat uh, the way you treat somebody sam dan bhed dand danda okay yeah, yeah. four 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 stages and i think china is in stage 3 so sam is uh, we have a friend we are your friend we have friendship dan is you are we charity we help you we we creating jobs you know uh, we are building infrastructure uh, you know look we are great guys so the sam is there the dan is there that i think uh, world opinion accepts india also accepts that china has got lot of sam and dan in in nepal and they have won over the hearts of nepali people uh, now the question is the third stage bhed bhed is you hire you encourage people to fight on your ideology against other people ideology you create one of one versus the other you are into political and discourse intervention uh, so this is where i want to discuss next so the the information i have which uh, many nepali people don't want to listen to and people in delhi don't want to listen to but information i have is that the the next target uh, the next big frontier for china is is gurkhas uh, because gurkhas are very solid uh, military fighters and they are good mountain people mountain fighting is something that the chinese army cannot do very well it is the advantage that india has not only because they have gurkhas but they also have india also have tibetan indo tibetan force uh, so to counter this they want to understand and they want to figure out how to get the gurkhas on their side also maybe they will not get all of them but they will, even if they got a small percentage of them it will make a big difference so uh, the idea of uh, funding uh, gurkha youth training camps uh, gurkha youth empowerment camps uh, to with the idea of getting to know them better create a few gurkha leaders who will be on their side like in india mm. the british did that you know they have created some indian leaders hindu leaders to work for the british east india company and their job was to go and win over other indians you know so so nepal hasn't been colonized in the same way as india so nepali people don't have that same sense of history how the colonizer is very cunning how the colonizer comes with sam and then dan and then he goes into bhed and then when he's powerful then comes the dand the, the attack you know so china is china is going about it learning from the history of other colonizers in south asia so it is so when i mentioned that china i have heard from people who are involved in all this that china's goal is to create a certain amount of uh, military people from gurkhas who will be on their side 
Now, people in Nepal have made fun of it saying, oh, or Indians, you don't understand the China, PLA, People Liberation Army of China is very elitist. They never have foreigners in it. But they don't need to hire them into the PLA. They can create a separate Nepal militia. They can create, you know, like, uh, like the British call it the Indian Army. The British, the British Army in India was, was not called British Army. It was called Indian Army. So this business of, uh, they're not going to hire Gurkhas into the PLA. They're going to create some kind of a militia. They might even call it Nepal Defense Force, Nepal Border Patrol. They might call it Nepal Youth for, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Nepali Kingdom, whatever, whatever, however they call it. They might, it, might even be an, it might even be a group of NGOs. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it could be done in a way that the average Nepali doesn't know what has happened. They won't know that uh, so many thousands of our youth are actually indirectly working for the Chinese. But uh, so, so the mechanism is something that uh, will not be transparent. So this business, oh, they don't, uh, our people will not work for China doesn't, work, doesn't make any sense to me because it will not be so straightforward. Uh, they're not going to, some stupid people ask me, show me an ad by the Chinese army to hire people. As if they'll put an ad saying, okay, we are trying to uh, do this. It is not so stupid. Yeah, you know, people are not so stupid. I do want to, I want your opinion. But before that, I will say, some people said, I'm, I'm just responding to all the criticisms people gave me when I mentioned this kind of a thing. Uh, some people even said that uh, the Gurkhas are so loyal to India, they will never do anything. But let's remember the history. I think it was around 200 years ago, around 1815 or somewhere thereabouts, that the British East India Company started hiring Gurkhas into the British Army. The British. And the Gurkhas were one of the, among the most loyal to the British. And they were used all over the British Empire. In fact, the famous Jallianwala Bagh massacre, the Jallianwala Bagh massacre in Amritsar, when General Dyer ordered firing to, uh, against an unarmed civilian crowd, the people who fired were Gurkhas. Did you know that? There were two groups. One was Baluchi, one was Gurkhas. Under General Dyer's command, firing at the crowd, the Indian crowd, unarmed crowd. So Gurkhas are known to be mercenaries. Mercenaries means you hire me, you pay me, you look after me, you respect me, me, my family, my, my religion, leave me alone, don't. And you pay me enough, look after me enough, and I'll be loyal to you. So Gurkhas have been groomed for 200 years to be very loyal mercenaries. They have been mercenaries for the British, they're mercenaries for the Indians. Why wouldn't some of them be mercenaries for China? China has got such a good brand value, which we already talked about. China is very generous. They have a lot of money. China is very cunning. They don't do things openly. They do things very quietly. What an obvious thing for them to take a certain portion of the Gurkhas, not necessarily all Gurkhas will join. Some will keep working with India. Some will keep working with China. So, it, it, you know, if you look at the, the, the number, Gurkhas is just an example. But there are other, other communities also in Nepal that are very rugged and tough and they would make good soldiers. So it would be absolutely a logical thing for China's point of view, not necessarily to bring them into PLA, into, into their army, but to create some kind of militia to interfere, to create jobs, to create jobs for youth. Because, you know, youth consider working in some kind of military capacity to be a sign of macho, macho power. You know, I got this uniform. I'm this tough guy. 
my parents are proud of me i'll get tell my friends they'll also join so it's a young man's kind of a kind of a macho dream to you work in some kind of a thing like that so china is exploiting that kind of human psychology and the, the, there's unemployment there's a lot of unemployment in nepal young boys need jobs so it is a very natural normal thing but this is something that uh, indian uh, in, many indian observers don't want to accept they don't even want to evaluate it and uh, uh, there's a pushback even to suggest that hey listen guys let's be careful let's watch out and let's investigate and do something about it yes you very rightly mentioned 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 it because i think uh, china is doing something uh, something and if again nepal 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 government or something uh, some entity do the some some kind of agreement with china to create a uh, to create such things as you mentioned militia or something like this i think this would be a historic disaster and i would say this this would this would endanger our, our existence and in a decade or so time nepal may or may not be in the old political map this is this is what uh, uh, this is this is what is going to happan if if uh, nepal side agrees with china to 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 do the agreement of this kind uh, either militia or direct uh, gorkha uh, recruitment center or something this should be a disaster and it should not be done at any cost i am not favoring america or china or anybody i am i am speaking at our interest at our survival and and the, uh, to, to to protect our dharma our sanskriti our language that the basis for the uh, nationalism so uh, I, i would like to further elaborate on this you know uh, our our government uh, there is a, in within the uh, ruling party there is there are actions some are uh, in favor of millennium challenge corporation which is uh, american initiative uh, american initiative which is going to fund the uh, fund the roads and transmission line project which are very critical uh, critical things and uh, this is uh, another uh, inspiration for america another uh, uh, america has to get the public uh, opinion in their favor and the the, the the thing is that the westerns are uh, investing only on software parts you know we don't need reports we don't need books we need roads we need uh, bridges we need hydropower projects this is our need but the westerners and americans are not doing that i guess to 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 normalize the public uh, disregard or some frustration america is now starting to uh, to fund some such projects some rway project rway kinds of projects which is they start and chinese the chinese are uh, clearly aware of this fact that this is they start america is not going to stop here it will it will definitely in, in its again third or other phase the, the level of funding will go up and once the roads and the uh, electricity sector power sector is captured by america then china can do nothing and now you know the 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 uh, ruling communist party it, uh, there was a uh, pulling alliance before the parliamentary election to to big communist party the uml uh, uml and maoist they merged together and they are near two third majority still they are failing to deliver because of the fight between mcc and bri i mean china and america 
a majority of uh, communist communist parliamentary members majority they want to go with bri uh, and and i you know our prime minister the, the, there is no replacement of our current prime minister because uh, with the available leadership at all the parties there is no better person than than our prime minister uh, you know he 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 was never in favor of uh, before he, he gets into the prime minister post he was never in favor of this uh, secularism or federalism or like this but when he gets into power he may he may have been some 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 uh, you know compromise or something we can understand this but his health uh, he second time he got his kidney transplant his health is not so good but he still he wants other other communist uh, there are four prime ministers i mentioned you in the in, in my writing there are four prime minister uh, within the ruling communist party there is a huge internal power fight huge and other three prime ministers at one side and mr the sitting prime minister is on another side there is a huge fighting the sitting prime minister wants uh, the, the the maoist then maoist supreme wants to leave the party to split the party but the chinese ambassador is uh, visiting here and there uh, to all the leaders uh, to stop this split of the party if if the if the communist party splits the the, the sitting prime minister will, will alliance with nepali congress and some other regional parties and he will get the uh, majority and then the mcst will be passed through the parliament if this is what china wants to stop and for that they are they are doing everything so there is a india has out therefore us is in so is china versus us for power structure this is a very important point yes. in itself that there was a time when india controlled nepal and and anything usa wanted to do they'd have to go to india to get it done now india has withdrawn can't help can't do much so it is it is depending on usa to keep control of nepal so that china won't take over and now india is the junior partner in nepal america is the senior partner as far as as far as india is concerned this is itself a disgrace that we cannot even we cannot even deliver nepal to the world community and say hey that's our that's ours you know it's uh, it, it's been ours it's our friend uh, now india is sort of working with the uh, indo pacific strategy of usa saying okay you know you go there and uh, you you take over the fight with china and uh, you know sort of thing that's one point that he's making second point he's making is that uh, the, the 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 present government of uh, prime minister oli and he's not in good health and if something were to happen there will be a disintegration and a lot of this jockeying for position coalition governments forming or coalition politics will go on and then it is likely if this come if this government were to collapse then there would be a new coalition government it is likely that this american initiative called mcc which is part of the indo pacific strategy will pass because this the coalition partners will be not the same loyalty to china there will be different kind of coalition partners they'll have to bring in those coalition partners to get enough votes you know indians understand this coalition politics very well so uh, under coalition uh, government in nepal there there is a chance there is a good likelihood that the us will push through its uh, its initiative which china doesn't want so now china in order to prevent that from happening is trying to keep the chinese the ncp which is the communist party in nepal together and they're trying to keep them in power they want to keep they want to keep only in power 
and 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 make sure that uh, even if something happens to him, his government survives. Because if he he is their man, if he were to fall apart, then there is a likelihood a new coalition government will also allow the Americans to come in. Is that the uh, thesis? Yes, yes, yes. The the sitting prime minister is uh, is for the MCC to pass through the parliament and the and his. Uh, other partners within his parties, they are against it. It is, it is all for uh, power purposes, you know, these, are, these all things are not in, in the national interest. So are you saying that, are you saying the PM only would want the MCC to pass, but, uh, it is yeah, other, yeah. but it is other people in the Communist Party with the votes who don't want it to pass? Is that the, yeah, I want to clarify that? Yes, and, and you know, one interesting thing, uh, the opposition to the PM within his party, they are they have majority in secretariat, in Politburo, in Central Committee, and in the parliamentary parties, you know. They have, they, they have majority. They can remove the prime minister, but they are not doing simply because the image, the issues with them uh, are, the, the, the Supremo has so many things. Uh, you know, if, if he goes against, then uh, our anti-corruption body. If there are cases, there are charges. Uh, if the files are open, his life is gone. And another, another uh, ex-prime minister, yes, some his name is connected with some uh, land scam cases. There are some cases, some corruption cases, and uh, with uh, with the supremo, the Maoist supremo. Uh, then uh, during insurgency period, he has so many cases. He, he could be brought into international criminal courts or something. There are so many cases. That's why these people uh, are not daring to split the party, even, even though they have the majority in all the committees in the parliamentary parties as well. So uh, the, the sitting prime minister had plain image with respect to all of these uh, other his partners within his party. So This is very familiar. It reminds me of Manmohan Singh. Mr. Clean... And the party want to keep him there because if he goes, then all the nonsense about the rest of the party will come out. And so whether they like him or not, he's Mr. Clean, he's their image and he'll keep it going. So what you're saying is only is sort of like Manmohan Singh. And I'm just giving a rough analogy. The, his, his, party, his fellow party members who have a majority, they're all radically pro-China. And they, if he goes and they're taking over, then you know they'll go pro-China. But he's kept because he's useful. He's useful because he's got a clean image and the parties, all this corruption option doesn't come out, which, which will happen if we were to go. So it's a delicate situation. It's a delicate Humpty Dumpty balance that can fall apart. And people in India understand that these things are very fragile. They don't, they don't last forever. You know, the mass, mass of Nepali people, they are, they are now feeling is that we did a, uh, our, our uh, government did mistake, our political parties did mistakes and with, you know, almost two-thirds majority government could not deliver. And with this, with this the level of frustration is increasing. Uh, while the uh, monarchy, Hindu monarchy was uh, deemed to be autocratic and backward and all that, this new, very progressive, very great constitution, uh, Maoist and all that was brought in place, secular and all that. And now the average person says that they've had two-thirds majority, these new people, and they've had it for a long time, uh, you know, well over a decade, and they have failed to deliver. So what you're saying is that people are frustrated with the government, current government's inability to deliver, 
all kind of things they promised. And so there is a there is a desire to go back to the monarchy. There is an opportunity to convince people that under the monarchy, progress can be made. You don't need to get, go from one extreme to the other. You can have a parliamentary democracy, but with the monarchy in place. People are saying that this it means the, the country was better before. This is a very popular saying, and you know, there is a, uh, about 700 plus 751 or something, there are uh, this much local government, there are seven provincial governments, and one uh, central government, you know, the, with this huge, huge administrative things. So this heavy uh, government structure, this is structure uh, Nepal can, with, with this uh, small economy, uh, and it is all uh, major portion is contributed by remittance and agriculture. Uh, this system, Nepal cannot tolerate, Nepal cannot bear, and it is not feasible. Another thing is that, you know, the people are not happy with the secularism. Uh, Nepal is one of the fastest uh, growing Christian community. It, is, it has been reports in, in, uh, in the internet, you can find it out. So the, 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 the rate of conversion is going up one thing and another thing and it is very very critical to our security and to the security of the region as well is that uh, the saudi fund uh, qatar charity and uh, so 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 things they are uh, investing huge in nepal they are choosing the uh, southern plain which is close to india the saudi fund and uh, the, these other 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 funds they are funding there and there have been some news that uh, they, they have been picking the uh, people there. Those, those who are uh, uh, abandoned or something, they are street children, they are taking there and they, are, they all are being taught the number of madras are going on, uh, going on. So these things are very critical to, the, to our security plus to the India as well. Another new point that uh, Jaitendraji has raised is that the Saudis and Qatar people are uh, funding a large amount of money in the southern part of Nepal, which is a border with India, uh, where there is a Muslim population with madrasas coming up, and they are looking after. They are giving Sam and Dan uh, to the to the people who need help. Uh, to be a lot of young people who need help, so they're coming and being very charitable and hugging them, loving, loving them, giving them help and all that, and starting madrasas. So you are saying that this also should be a matter of concern. So what we are saying is. There is the power, the power, the vacuum left by the monarchy, Hindu monarchy, and the Indian mistakes of putting embargo on them, economic embargo on them, failing to help them out, create a vacuum. So three major world civilizations are competing. There is China, there is USA, and the Christians. The USA has this Indo-Pacific strategy, and the Christians are converting like crazy. And now there is the Islamic from funding coming from overseas. So you have. You have the China, you have the West, and you have the Islam competing for uh, Nepal. And so this is exactly the breaking India scenario happening in Nepal. And the question is, where is India? There is Islamic terrorism already starting in Nepal, which, has to, which is linked with the southern part of Nepal. You know, the, there is a one important recommendation in the EPG is that it is about border regulation. The India-Nepal border has to be managed. It is, it is essentially beneficial to both of the countries. There is, there is so much 
which is open and there there is no security arrangement so people came through through these points and you know the covid 19 pandemic situation is so serious now in nepal and uh, in 2018 report of uh, country report of tourism produced by uh, published by uh, us department of state it mentions that the in the nepal is being the big uh, operative hub for indian mujahideen this was the mention in the uh, indian indian part of the, of the report 2018 and uh, immediately the then our intelligence chief categorically refused that Uh, that mentions in the report and he requested our government to refute that idea because in 2 3 2 years time there was no such any indication uh, in the nepal so uh, from that from the statement of our then ex uh, intelligence chief and the mention in the report one can assume that uh, with such things established in their system uh, america wants to establish a military base in nepal if you look at the indo pacific strategy of usa and this mcc initiative to counter china and then you combine with two other things one is the rise of christian conversions and all this in the name of human rights and freedom of religion and all that and then the second thing is that they are now saying there is this uh, counter terrorism needed because there is islamic uh, terrorism possibility and so what you're saying is all this is leading to a the possibility of us wanting to establish a military base in nepal which would compromise the sovereignty of nepal and so so you see where i think things are headed is there'll be a chinese decision or chinese desire to do that through some indirect means they will not call it chinese military base but they'll call it something else they'll call it some uh, you know youth empowerment or some brigade some defense brigade or something but indirectly they'll pull the strings and then there'll be something us like that so this uh, china versus us uh, you know sam dan and now going on to bed bed kind of their loyal people uh, and that bed once it happens it'll create dand it'll also create warfare this will be horrible for nepal is what you say yes yes you know one thing i would like to make clear is that uh, the 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 madrasa or uh, muslim funding muslim countries funding uh, nepal is one thing and the, uh, the charges i would say charges simply because our intelligence chief uh, denied that the american country report on terrorism 2018 mentioned that uh, nepal is being the one of the uh, operative hub for indian mujahideen this is a, this is the, the different thing you you acknowledge that there's a lot of uh, saudi funding and arab funding uh, of madrasas and so on and that is sam and dan so that is sam and dan charity mm-hmm. friendship all that and religious but you know everywhere everywhere that is the first step towards islamic uh, islamic radicalism because mm-hmm. what madrasas teach is the next generation now you have a you have a son who is what 9 years old your son okay yes, so yes. so that is the age at which they get the madrasa uh, young boy to start indoctrinating him with ideas of you know the superiority of islam and the islam has to take over the world and so the taliban are a product of madrasas the taliban father mother son it takes one generation so you have to think a generation ahead 
So the Chinese are thinking one generation ahead and the uh, Islamists are thinking a generation ahead. First step is just set up mosques and set up madrasas with a lot of money and give them Sam and Dan, you know. And then, then the, the mullah in the madrasa is, is the one who is indoctrinating. And then in five years, ten years, when this nine-year-old is now, you know, in his late teens, and now he's getting weapons training, and now it's a different game. So, you know, I think you cannot, even though the intelligence chief says that as of today, there is no such, no terrorism base in Nepal, uh, the, 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 the future possibility of that cannot be ruled out. So if, if the Indian Mujahideen, because they're on the run on the defensive in India, because the Indian authorities are always after them, they're looking for safe havens. And Nepal, mm -hmm. as you said, is an open border. So many kilometers long, the longest, you know, huge amount of border, unguarded, and it's porous. And so, you know, for, from their point of view, it's a great haven. And they have, they have friendly mosques, madrasas, just across the border on the southern part of Nepal, it's a perfect uh, a perfect uh, uh, opportunity for them to go hide there and do whatever they want from that place. And then, so this could be very dangerous for India and whether, the, even if the Nepal intelligence says that such a thing is not there, firstly, Nepal intelligence might not know. Secondly, it might be just hiding in the form of a madrasa and mosque. So, so maybe, maybe it is good to be vigilant. Yeah, this is why, this is why I, I would like to emphasize that the border regulation is must. It has to be started very soon. Yes, so the border should be protected, defended. They should put some fence or some, you know, something protected all over. Because this open border, with so many things happening in the Nepal side, this open border is a very big security threat for India also. Another, another point uh, that I, that it is related to NRC, you know, with uh, open border. And other bordering countries. Uh, that bordering. is India's, NR India's NRC. Yes, in, in Indian NRC. It is supposed, tentatively, there would be a huge Muslim population to be stateless. And you know, the Indian borders, when you look at China, Pakistan, uh, Bangladesh, Myanmar, Bhutan, I think the, the most fertile, fertile land would be Nepal to them. The NRC in India might have might might result in a lot of muslims not having a legitimate status in india and they'll need to go somewhere and he says that uh, uh, the most fertile land for them to get into easily would be nepal and so he he's fearing an influx of a lot of uh, muslims into nepal as a result of india's nrc policy am i right yes yes and it would, it, would, it would change the demography of Nepal and in no time, Nepal would be the Muslim Republic, you know. Uh, already there have been so many Rohingya people here in Nepal. Not being an expert on India's Indian policy of the past, my concern was more about the present situation and the future. But I certainly wanted to give you the voice to express your views on what has gone wrong in the past and what needs to be done to fix it because I'm sure there are people, qualified people in Delhi and various places who, will, who would like to take a look at it. And certainly what, I, what troubles me is that India's absence after the collapse of the monarchy during the Sonia Gandhi power structure in Delhi, the collapse of the Hindu monarchy in, in Nepal, bringing in Christian missionaries to convert and with the help of Maoists, replacing that whole Hindu structure. And now there is a fight between China and US to take over power structure. 
and the Islamic group with the funding from overseas are also making their inroads. This is the breaking Nepal scenario that I don't like. And so people need to take a look at the broad context of what I'm talking about. And they have to stop saying, oh, you know, we didn't see an ad for China to hire Abu Burkhaz into PLA. Therefore, there is no problem. Ha, ha, ha. I think that's ultra, uh, radically stupid. Because firstly, yeah. Chinese do things quietly. Uh, secondly, they don't have to hire them into PLA. They can create a separate militia. They can create a Nepal defense force or a Nepal border patrol. And they can call it some youth. Uh, you know, they can just call it something. You know, they can... They can um, yeah, yeah. create it like a, like it's some grassroots organization of youth wanting to be Swayam Sevaks, Nepal Swayam Sevaks. They can call it whatever you want, but they can, as long as, as, long as they're controlling the money and as long as they're appointing the leaders, they're putting their ideology through, the point is their purpose is served. Okay, so, so rather than be very narrow-minded and unimaginative, which is some of my critics are, and taking a very narrow, fixed view, rigid view, and saying, oh, it can't happen. I mean, I, I, I'm asking you to be a little more imaginative, a little more creative. Chinese are very brilliant people. They're master strategists. So obviously, they're thinking of all this. Yeah. So while the Chinese are thinking of uh, making more and more entries beyond Sam and Dan, moving on to Bhed and Dan, the Islamic forces internationally are also doing that. They have come in with Sam and Dan, set up mosques in the southern area, set up madrasas, and you know the, the the security, the intelligence people in Nepal are saying, okay, nothing wrong. They're not doing anything wrong. And then there is this issue of a lot of the Muslims from India taking refuge in Nepal. Uh, all these things can come together and blow up before you know it. You could have another Taliban type situation there. So Nepal is to me a a big opportunity to win back as a great friend and it will secure India's northern frontier. Nepal would be very strong uh, for uh, on India's side. And at the same time, if we are if we are careless like we have been in the last 15 years uh, in, in India, then it could become a time bomb. It could become a nightmare. And Nepal, the worst case scenario is it could end up like another Tibet. It could end up like another Tibet. US, US will have, will US military base is never permanent. I mean, what was their commitment in Afghanistan and Vietnam and this place, that place? They, they it is, it is like uh, when it suits, they will be there. Another, uh, another U.S. president may come, change policy, and say, "Okay, we're going to withdraw our troops." So, whereas for China, it is their border. China has a yeah. very large border. China, yeah. Can, yeah. they cannot sort of say, "Okay, you know, we ignore it," because for them, it is, it is their frontier. The next frontier after having taken over Tibet, is Nepal. So it's Nepal and it's Ladakh and Kashmir and through POK, the Central Asia. It's the whole Himalayan region. And Chinese are master strategists thinking very long term. And, and I'm, I'm urging my viewers to please take the matter seriously. Please think about it out of the box. So with that, I want to thank you very much. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for your help.